It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you aboard. It is episode number 160 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us. I am your host, Chris Russell, high atop here, Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, as I'm here for a NHL game between the Washington Capitals, Stanley Cup champions, and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and, um, yeah. So that's what I'm here for, but we talk Redskins on this podcast. Uh, We might get into something that one of the Capitals players had to say that I thought was very interesting, a big buzzword, uh, if we have time. But on today's episode, we're going to put Quentin Dunbar in the Skins spotlight. As you know, each and every episode here during the offseason, we're taking one player and isolating them and kind of going through their statistics and their season uh, via our friends at PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, and their premium stats subscription package, and also, uh, in many cases, letting you hear from their season-ending group with reporters, or group media session, I should say, uh, with reporters. So we'll do that with Quentin Dunbar, who missed much of the last part of the season and missed uh, eight games completely, or nine games actually total, uh, on the 2018 season. As well, we're going to get into some coaching rumors and news and nuggets uh, coming up here in just a sec, plus Kyler Murray and a quick review of the NFL playoffs. So it's good to have you aboard with us. Make sure you follow me at WrestleMania621, at WrestleMania621 as well. You can follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins for more coverage. And also, don't forget to check out at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, so let's get to it right away here on episode number 160. So last week on, I believe it was episode number 157, we told you that Greg Williams, the now former Browns interim head coach and defensive coordinator uh, under Hugh Jackson, and of course he again replaced Hugh Jackson. He used to be here with the Redskins a while back, about a decade ago under Joe Gibbs, uh, and had you know an unsavory exit and departure from the Redskins organization when they chose Jim Zorn over Greg Williams to replace Joe Gibbs to start the 2008 season. And we mentioned that his name was on the front burner and that there were discussions in the Redskins front office about whether or not you could bring back a guy like Greg Williams. And I had mentioned that Fred Smoot about five or six years ago had tweeted out, uh, and for whatever it's worth, tweets are not worth a whole lot, quite honestly, but Fred Smoot is one of his former companion, uh, one of his former players, and uh, Certainly his, his his insight is at least welcomed. Uh, Smoot said 
that Greg Williams would welcome a return to Washington, D.C. as either the defensive coordinator or the head coach. And this was when the Redskins were looking for a new head coach in 2014 after they had decided to move on from Mike Shanahan at the end of the disastrous 2013 season. And, of course, Jake took over uh, in 2014. Jay Gruden did. Now, obviously, they did not bring him back. They haven't brought him back since then. Who knows if that was accurate? Who knows if feelings have changed? There's also been some speculation that – Jay Gruden, uh, that Greg Williams and Dan Snyder did bury the hatchet and that they both have moved on and they both would welcome some sort of reunion. So here we have a report on Monday afternoon from my pal J.P. Finley at NBC Sports Washington who said, whoa, hang on, everybody over the weekend had reported that Greg Williams was definitely going to the New York Jets to be their new defensive coordinator uh, under their new head coach, Adam Gase. And everybody just took that to be Bible and gospel. Well, as it turns out, Greg Williams has not signed his contract with the New York Jets yet. And I guess Adam Gase had an introductory press conference or meeting with reporters on Monday, and he didn't even mention Greg Williams' name. So the bottom line is, is J.P. Finley reported that the Redskins would be, uh, are, are trying to get a deal, or are trying to get a meeting with Greg Williams and perhaps as early as Tuesday. So depending on when you listen to this podcast, it could have already happened. It could be canceled. It could be in the works. We don't know. J.P. Finley's exact tweet was, quote, Greg Williams isn't a done deal to the Jets, and the Redskins are trying to meet with him. Minuski, meaning Greg Minuski, still employed as defensive coordinator. And then J.P. Finley said and added, quote, it's like having a girlfriend and texting her friend, quote, unquote, you up. Not exactly the classiest move, which is a pretty big dig and a pretty good barb from J.P. Finley, which uh, I liked, um, quite honestly, if I, if, if I could add that part to it. So Greg Williams, again, who we talked about last week as a possibility and that he was a strong consideration from many in the organization. John Keim of ESPN has also pointed out that he is still very much liked by some in the organization it appears that the Redskins are trying to get Greg Williams back here. Uh, you know, why else would you meet with him, right? Why else would you try and do this? Now, why they're so unaggressive, and I don't know. Uh, but maybe they can swoop in and steal Greg Williams and get an aggressive, tough, physical, blitzing, attack-oriented defensive coordinator here. Maybe, who knows, they keep Minuski. I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is, is... It looks like they are trying to steal a meeting here with Greg Williams. It might be too late. Maybe his agent is trying to use it as leverage to get a better deal with the New York Jets. I personally think Greg Williams would be better off here with the Washington Redskins because if his goal is to be a head coach again, and why wouldn't it be? If his goal is to be a head coach, clearly Adam Gase is not on the, uh, on the hot seat. He just got the job. Uh, you could get a job elsewhere, but here in Washington, and he, again, knows a lot of the culture, even though some of it has changed. He was not here when Bruce Allen is here. He knows that Jay Gruden is essentially a lame duck. Now, that could lead to him getting fired if they all don't do a good job, or it could lead to Jay getting fired and Greg becoming the interim offensive, uh, the interim head coach like he was in Cleveland, and then, therefore, becoming the head coach, as he once tried to do back in 
2008. So you see how this all comes full circle. So Greg Williams, again, the Redskins trying to get a meeting with him. So we will keep you posted uh, on that. Let's get a couple of other news and nuggets here uh, before we run out of time in this opening segment here on the Longtown Redskins podcast, episode number 160. So according to my pal Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, Steve Wilkes, the former Arizona Cardinals head coach and Carolina Panther defensive backs coach, did have a conversation with the Washington Redskins. Don't know if it was an in-person interview. Don't know exactly what role it was for, but clearly it should have been for the defensive coordinator position. And since he has taken the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator job, uh, and I believe that one is 100% official. So uh, they, uh, of course, did talk to Steve Wilkes. Again, he was with Josh Norman in Carolina, so there's a connection there. Uh, But that didn't go, go anywhere. And quite honestly, why would you choose the Washington Redskins over the Cleveland Browns? One more for him. Joe Woods, the Broncos defensive coordinator. Of course, the Broncos made a head coaching change, moving on from Vance Joseph, and have since uh, hired, um, you know, have have since hired a a new head coach, uh, and in Vic Fangio. Uh, So Joe Woods, the Bronco defensive coordinator, is reportedly choosing between the Arizona Cardinals where Vance Joseph wound up. And again, Vance Joseph was the head coach that was just blown out in Denver. Vance Joseph wound up as the defensive coordinator in Arizona under new head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And Joseph was choosing between, again, the Arizona Cardinals and apparently a set to interview with the Redskins. Now, we don't know exactly what position he would be interviewing for, and sometimes you could be interviewing for multiple positions, but it's thought, according to, again, Mike Kliss in Denver, that it is a defensive backs coaching position, maybe a defensive backs plus coaching position, meaning he could be the assistant head coach. We don't know exactly the machinations of the interview and the interview process, but the bottom line is is he does have a familiarity with Jay Gruden and as well Bruce Allen. He was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the mid-2000s for a couple of years before moving on to the Vikings and then the Raiders and then on to Denver where he's hired as the defensive backs coach there and then promoted to defensive coordinator. So there's, of course, your Tampa connection. And again, Jay Gruden knows him uh, and Bruce Allen knows him. Last year in Denver with a lot of talent, and this might be a little bit of a concern, but if he's the defensive backs coach, and again, right now, Torian Gray is still in place even though there was the report and rumor uh, you know, and, and speculation last week that he was out right now he is still officially the defensive backs coach Joe Woods's defense in Denver with a lot of talent was number 22 in total yards allowed number 20 in passing yards allowed number 21 in rushing yards allowed but number 13 only in points per game allowed now that's not always a defensive statistic but it's mostly defensive uh, statistic but number 13 in points per game allowed last year with the Denver Broncos. But again, that's with a lot of talent. So keep that in mind. Now, if he's the defensive backs coach, obviously you would be moving on from Torian Gray. And of course, he'd be working under a different different defensive coordinator. We'll have to remain, uh, we'll have to see what happens in this particular situation. Um, One other quick thing, of course, we told you last week, Uh, that Ben Kotwika left in a lateral move from the Washington Redskins to the Atlanta Falcons after the Redskins requested or granted permission after the Falcons requested permission to speak to him and he was under contract and he moved on and we had told you that Ben Kotwika wanted out, which, you know, again, it is what it is. Larry Izzo was mentioned by J.P. Finley as a possibility to replace him. Brett Muncy is the special team's 
assistant or assistant special teams coordinator or the assistant special teams coach. So that's a possibility. But I would imagine the Redskins probably want to uh, get somebody with some coordinator experience to coach their special teams. I could be wrong on that. Maybe they stay uh, in-house. Don't know. So that's that situation. All right, we'll take our time out here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. A lot of content there in the first segment. We come back, and we have breaking news on a potential Redskins target in the draft and his NFL status. We'll leave it at that. Plus a quick snaps look at the NFL playoffs, the divisional round, as two from the NFC East came in and two went down. That's next on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, good to have you aboard with us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast from high atop Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. This is episode number 160. So Kyler Murray, the first-round pick of the Oakland Athletics, and, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Oklahoma. Kyler Murray on Monday made it official. He is entering the NFL draft, and he announced it on Twitter, on his official Twitter account, Uh, and there was a series of negotiations between he and the Oakland Athletics over the weekend. They had paid him a bonus of about $4.8 million or something like that. And there was some thought that maybe they would have to pay him nine, ten million somewhere in that range in order to keep him from declaring for the NFL draft. But Kyler Murray now is saying that again he is going to the NFL draft. There were some people that speculated it might take as much as fifteen million guaranteed from the Oakland Athletics. That wasn't happening. The bottom line is is Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner. While the A's can still negotiate with him, he did declare for the draft by the deadline today. That, again, doesn't mean that he will actually be in the draft. Of course, again, the A's can continue to negotiate with him. Uh, but the bottom line is, is look, he is going to be a big buzz name because we don't know, A, again, if he's going to stay in the draft, and B, where he's going to go if he goes in a quarterback kind of light draft, quite honestly. Next year, much heavier uh, in terms of, the talent, but here's what you need to know: 5'10", 195. We all know how small and diminutive he is. He's thin. He's kind of rail thin, quite honestly. Doesn't have a lot of bulk on his frame. But 42 touchdowns, second in the country, seven interceptions, only 4,361 yards. Athleticism, speed, obviously, high completion percentage. I think he can wing it. I think he's damn accurate. I don't think he's one of these gimmicky quarterbacks, but. At 5'9 and a half, 5'10, you have to question how well he's going to hold up, how well he's going to be able to see. And as some have speculated and talked about, it's not necessarily his height as much as it is his frame and his ability to absorb hits by 240, 250 pound guys that are much thicker, much stronger, much faster on the NFL level and deeper teams 
uh, than they are in college football and certainly in the Big 12. So Kyler Murray is a name we will certainly talk a lot about over the coming months as he declares for the NFL draft. Again, doesn't mean he will definitively stay, but he's likely to stay. And I would think that you're going to see Kyler Murray go at some point in the first round of the NFL draft. So a couple of quick thoughts on that situation. Again, we'll have more throughout the year. Now, the NFL playoffs, divisional playoffs over the weekend saw two NFC East teams come in and two NFC East teams go out. First, the Dallas Cowboys lose to Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations to Sean. I texted with him a little bit on Sunday night, uh, and he's still the same dude uh, that he always was for six, seven years or however long I covered him here in Washington. Still, uh, you know, super friendly, super nice, our you know, authentic, uh, everything that you want in a coach, and he's the reason why his players love him, and he's got so much energy. Uh, and, look, he's got a lot of talent, but to get what he got out of uh, C.J. Anderson on Saturday night, 23 carries for 123 yards, and Todd Gurley, oh, by the way, 115 yards on 16 carries, uh, plus, you know, really Gurley not really being a big factor as a receiver, which he normally is, and no wide receiver – uh, on the Rams having over 70 yards. Uh, just an amazing, amazing performance. Jared Goff wasn't great, less than 200 passing yards. As a matter of fact, 186, 15 of 28. No touchdowns, no picks, and the Rams still racked up 30 points, defeating the Dallas Cowboys 30-22. to Ezekiel Elliott only 47 yards on 20 carries, so they did a good job bottling him up. Michael Gallup did a really nice job. He's um, a guy that you have to definitely watch out for from a Redskins perspective uh, as he's going to help. Uh, Amari Cooper, big time. Six catches on nine targets for 119 yards. Cooper did have a touchdown, but that was late in the first half. Did really nothing in the second half and only had 65 uh, yards in that game. So the Dallas Cowboys eliminated. Looks like Jason Garrett is going to get a contract extension, which I know makes a lot of people uh, happy that root against the Dallas Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles had a 14 to nothing lead in New Orleans on Sunday afternoon on a Jordan Matthews 37-yard touchdown catch and pass from Nick Foles and a Nick Foles one-yard touchdown run capping off a 75-play drive. So the Eagles were up 14 to nothing. The Saints were reeling, and then they converted on a fake punt, go figure, to Taysom Hill, even though the Eagles had their defense out there because they were well aware of the fake possibility and how good Taysom Hill is. And then ultimately, New Orleans got on the board a one-yard, a two-yard touchdown pass from Drew Brees, a 45-yard field goal, and then Michael Thomas just dominant. A two-yard touchdown pass on fourth and goal to make it 17-14 Thomas. With 16 targets, 12 catches, 171 yards, and that touchdown, along a 42, the Saints chipped on, uh, added on rather a 39-yard field goal, and they won it 20 to 14, eliminating the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. What a great run for Nick Foles, and we'll have to see what happens there because, of course, the money he can make as a free agent, so on and so forth, along with what they already have invested. Uh, in Carson Wentz. And real quickly, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs ran all over Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts 
31 to 13 first up on Saturday afternoon at Arrowhead. They'll host and meet the New England Patriots who rolled over Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers 41 to 28. Again, I can't say enough and I say it all the time anywhere I get a chance to talk whether it's on this podcast or on the radio at 1067 the fan in Washington DC and radio.com anywhere I get a chance. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Even when you're not successful with it, it has ancillary benefits. Uh, and we can go through the entire list of benefits that people just do not understand and people do not get. And it was proven time and time and time again in this particular weekend of four NFL divisional playoff games that the teams that commit, commit to the run and have some success running the football dominate games and control games and make their passing games all the more better. All right, so that's going to do it for this part of the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 160. I am, once again, your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard. When we come back, we will put Quentin Dunbar in the Skins spotlight. That's next right here on episode number 160 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is the Locked on Redskins podcast from High Top Capital One Arena. So if you hear the music in the background, that's where we are getting ready for a little NHL action as we record this between the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, let's do this here on episode number 160, again, of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Don't forget, you can uh, check me out on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Uh, at Locked Redskins, and of course, you can check out the entire Locked On Podcast Network for all your NFL coverage across the NFL at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net for all sorts of team coverage and league coverage. All right, let's put Quentin Dunbar, 6'2", 197, in the Skins spotlight before we hear from Quentin Dunbar. He was the 14th highest rated defensive player by grade according to ProFootballFocus.com in their premium statistics package. A 67.2 out of 100 in seven games. 373 snaps. 131 against the run. 242 against the pass for Quentin Dunbar. 58.9 as a grade out of 100 for run defense. 65.8 for tackling 67.6 out of 100 for coverage. Quinn Dunbar had 36 tackles with three assisted tackles, four missed tackles, 10 stops, which is basically like negative tackles or negative yardage uh, stops or plays. As a pass defender and as a cornerback in coverage, and again, he was pretty good when he was healthy before the nerve issue and the shin problem. He allowed 31 catches into 44 targets for a target percentage of 70.5% and a passer rating of 115 against, which is pretty high, obviously. 
at 372 yards allowed as a whole for Quinton Dunbar. 12.0 yards per reception. 170 of those 372 yards were after the catch. Quinton Dunbar allowed five touchdowns, according to Pro Football Focus Premium, along of 40. And, of course, he played in games spanning from Arizona in week one through Carolina, which was a win in week six, and then missed uh, the Giant uh, and Dallas game, returned for Atlanta, a loss at home, uh, and then missed the Tampa game and the Houston game, and then returned for one more game at Dallas on Thanksgiving, really struggled and was shut down. We mentioned the 115 NFL passer rating. Certainly things got out of hand a little bit there towards the end as he was completely unhealthy and unable to do what Quentin Dunbar is quite honestly capable of doing. Seven pass breakups on the year and two interceptions. Before we say goodbye, let's hear quickly from Quentin Dunbar a minute or so with reporters as the Redskins cleaned out their lockers earlier this month. I'm down there in uh, Miami getting rehab, doing a little running, doing a little sleds and things like that, and getting back to myself. Have they figured out exactly what's wrong? Yeah, like I knew it was wrong all along. We had a, um, a mild nerve damage in my um, leg and, you know, just took time with rest and rehabbing to get back. So OTAs, you think you're on schedule for everything in 2019? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll be back in 2019 without a doubt. Get some new uh, necklaces there? No, I've been had these. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it crazy to think that you guys started off so strong and then when you were able to watch this team just sort of go through the struggles, how difficult was that? And is, have you seen anything like that before? Uh, very difficult. I mean, not just this year, but the previous year, um, I feel like um, injuries uh, messed up our season, uh, to be honest. Uh, when you're down to your seven, eight guard, watching the game yesterday, I mean, coming in the locker room today and seeing all these faces, I don't know um, half of these dudes. And it just shows. I mean, but that's no excuse. But you just got to just come back next year and, you know, hopefully we can stay healthy and actually, you know, finish what we started and compete at a high level. Do you have a message for fans? Um, no. Nah, I mean, obviously they disappointed. I'm disappointed. They had a right to be disappointed. But, um... I feel like those guys' efforts speak for themselves. I mean, to go into Tennessee and get those guys a fight, you know, with all those, you know, third, uh, third screen. Well, he wasn't even third screen quarterback. Johnson coming in at the end of the year, you know, and O-linemen mixing matching on the O-line and things like that. Those guys, you know, they still went out there and gave it their best. So. And what about a best memory for the season and a worst memory for the season? Uh, I don't have neither. I don't have a best one first. In terms of how you're feeling now, do, do you feel better now than you did when you tried to come back in those games where you, you weren't quite yourself? Yes, most definitely. I mean, I, I think it just comes from the rest, you know, and the uh, rehabbing I'm getting down there in Miami. All right, so that's Quentin Dunbar meeting with reporters. Thanks for being with us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 160. We'll be back as soon as news warrants and as soon as we possibly can. I'm Chris Russell. Again, thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading us. Please spread the word and enjoy the rest of your day. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.